Welcome to According to the Scriptures, where doing things according to God's Word is of eternal importance to us. I'm Kyle Webb, and I thank you for joining us today. Over the last couple of weeks, we have been looking at at least a couple of lessons on how culture can affect the way that we worship, and how it did affect the way the Corinthians worshipped as we read in Paul's letter, 1 Corinthians. We began by looking at chapter 11 and Paul's address of their misuse of head coverings, which basically, in essence, is hair. As we read in the context, it's how it is worn, uh, the way that it should be worn. Uh, but, But as we look at the context of what is written there, He specifically mentions hair. And it can also be other coverings as well. Uh, We find this to maybe mean uh, artificial head coverings of some type. But Paul is addressing, uh, again, their misuse of head coverings. But today I want us to move on into the latter portion of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and look at Paul's address of the Lord's Supper, how they had misused and even abused the Lord's Supper, some things that needed to be corrected, some things that needed to be changed in the way that they were worshiping. You see, the Corinthians, in a lot of ways, had allowed the world to influence their worship. And we'll look today at how that came to affect the partaking of the Lord's Supper. We're going to begin in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 17. If you would like to turn there and follow along with me, if you have that ability, uh, then certainly I would encourage you to do so. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we'll begin reading at verse 17, and this is from the New King James Version. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you, since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you, and in part I believe it. For there must also be factions among you, that those who are approved may be recognized among you. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others, and one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God 
and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. One of the things that the Corinthian church had allowed into their worship and allowed to influence their worship is their respect for one another. There were certain individuals that they held in high regard and they divided themselves into basically what we might think of as the rich and the poor. Uh, what kind of standing they had uh, isn't exactly addressed here, but there were some that they had allowed to take greater importance in their worship than those of a more lowly nature. They were not supposed to be divided, but they were. And that's one of the things that we find in the Corinthian church. We find that they were, in various ways, divided one against another. As a matter of fact, if we go back to the beginning of Paul's letter, we find him addressing this very thing. In introducing the letter in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 10 through 13, he says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you. Now I say this, that each of you says, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? He continues in chapter 3, in the first four verses of chapter 3, And I, brethren, could not speak to you, as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal, and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? He was addressing their nature. And the point of Paul's letter seems to be to bring them back into unity with one another. Into unity with the church as a whole, and especially in unity with God and what is taught in his word. There were things that they were saying that were different, and he addresses them here, and he says that there should be no divisions among you. You need to be perfectly joined together in the same mind, in the same judgment, with the same heart that is devoted to serving God in the way that he intended for us to serve him. So they had fallen out of unity 
with one another. They had placed some that were that they felt were more important above the others. And in the Lord's Supper, even in their observance of the Lord's Supper, something that was meant to bring them together, their divisions were accentuated. While they gloried in themselves, they thought of themselves as being exactly what God intended for them to be. While they gloried in themselves, Paul says, I do not praise you. As we continue reading in verses 23 through 26, Paul goes back to the very beginning of this subject and begins to reintroduce to them the institution of the Lord's Supper. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and let's begin reading this time at verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as as you drink it in remembrance of me. And in verse 26, He says, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. The Lord's Supper, referred to as the Lord's Supper because it is something that belongs to our Lord Jesus Christ. It was instituted by Jesus Christ in the context of the Passover. While he and his disciples, the apostles, observed the the Passover feast using the same elements that were involved in the Passover, Jesus institutes what would become known as the Lord's Supper, something that we recognize and participate in each first day of the week. The elements of the Passover, unleavened bread, and also involved was wine, what we refer to, because scripture refers to it, as the fruit of the vine. I'll share something funny with you for a moment. I remember years ago, after I had been baptized, and after I had begun serving in the church, There was a time where I was waiting on the Lord's table and they asked me to lead a prayer. And in giving thanks for the fruit of the vine, I said juice. And my grandmother chastised me a bit afterward and and said, it's not juice. Don't refer to it as juice. It's the fruit of the vine. And that is what scripture says. Scripture refers to it as the fruit of the vine. These elements that were 
present in the observance of the Passover feast are now used to represent something that is to take place as far as where they are in that period of time in the institution of the Lord's Supper, Jesus is going to die on the cross. And when he does die on the cross, this supper is going to be observed after that as a remembrance of his death till he comes. And we're going to to pay some special attention in a moment to those last three words. But first of all, as we look at the Lord's Supper, let's understand what the Lord's Supper is not. What some have thought it to mean and have brought it to a new meaning in denominations, but is not what it means. First of all, the Lord's Supper is not transubstantiation. That's a great big word. Uh, it's something that is uh, is referenced in Catholicism. And as we, we look at its meaning, it basically takes the Lord's Supper and it says that when you are partaking of the Lord's Supper, as soon as that bread touches your tongue, enters your mouth, it becomes literally the flesh of Jesus. And the same thing with the fruit of the vine, that as soon as it enters into your body, that it becomes the literal flowing blood of Jesus. It is not transubstantiation. That does not happen. That is something that is made up by man. It is given new meaning by man. It was not intended as as becoming the physical flesh and blood of Jesus. It was never intended to do that. That is something that is, again, it's made by man. It's a symbolic thing. And as we look at what Jesus says here, he says, when you, uh, let's see, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take heed, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That was verse 24. And again, in verse 25, he says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The Lord's Supper in its institution is meant to be a remembrance. Not a replacing, not a becoming, but a remembrance of what was. A remembrance of what had taken place in the past. When you partake of this, do this in remembrance of me. And a lot of times you'll find that congregations that in their buildings at the, the table, there are a lot of them that, that have those words inscribed on the table that we remember to do this in remembrance of him. So symbolically, in mind and heart, the emblems of the Passover feast are are given new meaning in the death of Christ. 
the bread is to be a remembrance of his body while the fruit of the vine is meant to be a remembrance of his blood they are a representation not the physical flesh and blood of jesus but a remembrance in our minds and hearts of his body and blood as he died on the cross for our sins now not only is the lord's supper an opportunity for us to look back but it is also an opportunity for us to look forward first of all let's recognize this as an opportunity each and every lord's day that we come together it is an opportunity and we should view it as an opportunity this is something that was done before us it was done in the first century church in acts chapter 20 and verse 7 it says now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread they were already doing this this is already a, a part of their their process it's part of their their week it's something that they do every first day of the week when they came together to break bread it's already something that they're doing and it's something that we continue in by precedence and also by command but it is something that god wants us to do it's what is he wants his church to do and so each and every lord's day is an opportunity for us to come together it's an opportunity for us to edify one another it's an opportunity to partake together of the lord's supper to gather around the table so to speak for the observance of the lord's supper it is an opportunity it's an opportunity for us to look back we can look back at jesus death we can look back at the cross we can look back at the body that was given in our stead and we can look back at the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins it is an opportunity for us to look back and it is also an opportunity for us to look forward for us to look forward to the day in which our lord returns to receive us unto himself we observe this supper every first day of the week until he comes and those three words are only recorded by paul it is something that is only mentioned by paul let's read together that verse one more time verse 26 of first corinthians 11 for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death till he comes we proclaim his death in the presence of one another we remember his death in our hearts and in our minds and we look forward to that day in which he has promised that he will return for us what a shame it would be if we as christians forget or even worse if we completely neglect what has been instituted for us 
in God's word. It's something that is addressed in Hebrews chapter 10 in not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. It is not to be abandoned. It is not to be forgotten. It is not to be uh, something that, that we stop doing. And there are some who have even changed uh, the, the, the time frame as far as the Lord's Supper is concerned. Some only partake of it once a quarter or maybe on Easter and Christmas once a month. However they may want to do it. It's not up to us to change God's word. It's up to us to follow what has already been put in place in regard to God's word. So as the first century church was already doing, they were already meeting on the first day of the week because they had been commanded to do so. We follow in that precedence even today. And when we come together... Yes, it is for the purpose of singing and praying and preaching and giving, but one of the most important things that we do is to partake of the Lord's Supper. May we never forget the reason that we come together. May we never forget the purpose that it is given by Paul here in his writing, and in essence by God, by inspiration, what God wants us to do. It is what God wants us to do. And we continue to do it until He comes. We're going to pause for a moment for a brief break, and I will be back in a moment, if you'll stick around, uh, to give you more information about our congregation and how you may contact us. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. On behalf of myself and the Mars Hill Church of Christ, we thank you for joining us. We hope you will be back with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. right here on the Gospel Radio Network at tgrn.org. If you would like to contact us, our phone number is 615-203-3637. If you would like to find out more about our congregation, our website is www.marshillcoc.org. Our email address is marshillcoc at gmail.com. And if you would like to contact us the old-fashioned way, our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee, 37037. If you are in our area, we would love to meet you in person. Our service times are 9 a.m. for Bible study, and 10 a.m. for worship on Sunday mornings. Thank you again for joining us, and until we meet again, may God bless you.